Hi, my name is Delita McKinney, and I'm welcoming you today. This is my first podcast through Pumpage Network, and it's called Mindfulness with Delita. Mindfulness may seem like the trendy word nowadays, and it is, but most people are a little iffy on the subject. A lot of people think that it's being mindful of things around you, when in all actuality, it is being mindful of yourself. It is being in the moment. You're living in the moment. It's almost like you're making a memory. If you're living in the moment, you are making a memory. Because if you're not in the moment, you're on autopilot and you're just going in a certain direction and you're not, you're not getting anywhere. But if you remember and you're in the moment and you do something, you will remember the memory. Sometimes you'll be sitting around a family table, a gathering or something, and um, you'll go, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember when that happened. And they're talking and everything. And pretty soon you, you get the idea of, wait a minute, what are you guys talking about now? And they don't understand because you were there, but obviously you weren't in the moment. So you can't, you can't remember. You are on autopilot. Autopilot is, is when you are trying to juggle too many things at once. Um, it's scientifically proven that you cannot multitask things. You can do many things at once. However, putting all your energy into one thing is different because you're not being mindful. So let's try a little experiment. Do you remember your first kiss? Do you remember your first bicycle? How about your first car? If you can remember those things, that is amazing. That is really great. If you can't remember those and it's just put into a little pod of, yeah, I remember I had that stuff or I remember I did that stuff. That's when it's sad. That's mindlessness. And that's when you have so many different problems. Your balance is off in your body and you're not going anywhere. So what I want to do is give you examples for yourself to do. Um, it's fairly easy. The f first one is putting your cell phone down. Our cell phones, we have everything in them today. We even take pictures of things we think we might need or might need to remember. Put it down and walk away from it because I would like you to go outside. Or if you have kids and can't go outside, fine, stay in the house, no problem. But if you're in, the, if you're outside, what I'd like you to do is just take a random amount of steps, maybe five, maybe ten, seven steps, and then stop. Look down. Where are you? Are you on grass? Are you on cement? Are you on tile? Are you on dirt? And how does that feel? 
because it's going to be a different experience each time. But when you're in the moment and you're seeing that you are right there, like let's say you're on grass, okay, does my grass need mowing? Does it need um, water? These are things that are put into your head for memories. Now look around from where you're standing. Do you see trees or flowers or anything like that? If you do, what color are the flowers? What shape are the flowers? I have a tree in my backyard that I really don't like, but it has beautiful flowers. The bark is horrible, but the flowers are gorgeous. Now, if you're inside because you have a baby or you just need to stay inside, maybe it's a rainy day and who wants to go outside? Look down where you're standing, just right now. Just stand and look down. Are you on carpet? Are you on tile? Are you on wood? And then look around you. Is everything in its place? Or do you know? Does everything have a place? When you look around at the different items that you see, what are you seeing? You need to really internalize what you're seeing and how you're feeling. Like you see your grandmother's clock. That's amazing because what that does is that brings back memories, not only of things in your past and life with your grandmother, but it means something. And you'll make a memory on top of a memory by just standing there looking at it. I know these may sound really irrelevant. However, I was not in the place where I could be in the moment. I was actually seeing a counselor and we'll call her Abby. And the counselor I would go to weekly, you know, and she says, you're not living in the moment. You need to be in the moment. Well, excuse me, I'm here and I'm in the moment. What is the problem? I'm feeling high anxiety. I was feeling frozen. I didn't know what to do. And it was just impossible to understand why she was just sitting back, you know, and saying, well, you need to live in the moment. Okay, so I read all the books that she gave me to read. I did the exercises that she wanted me to do. And I'm still struggling. One day, I was sitting on the sofa and we had um, a small puppy that we rescued and he was about the size of a full-grown chihuahua at seven weeks. Uh, problem was is he's a boxer mastiff and so he was pretty sick but he was laying on my lap one day and all of a sudden out of nowhere I feel 
his little heart beating on my leg. And that is all it took for me to go, oh, I'm in the moment. I'm right here. That's what it took for me to realize that it was that simple. And I could easily move into other things and other areas in my life and apply being mindful. And it was just like day and night. You're getting the benefit of the cheat sheet version because Abby didn't help me get this. <laughs> I had to come up with it on my own. But I want you to know that that little puppy grew up to be 53 kilos and very happy. I love him. He's a wonderful dog. Now let's try understanding consequences. How does consequences and mindfulness go together? This doesn't sound right, but it really is. The consequences are just this. Let's say that your work no problem you know you're talking to a co-worker and you know all of a sudden you start talking about maybe going out one night after work for a drink you know before you go home and things like that typical office things however the next day the person approaches you and says when would be a good time to do this and, oh tomorrow oh okay well the guy had plans, but you know, get, you know, move it around. So he comes in the next day and he says, uh, "What place would you like to go, and where? What is the, you know, a meeting place, or what places do you like to go to, and what time is a good time for you? What, you know, what's your day look like?" Well, the problem with that is. He was being mindlessness. He was on autopilot and he wasn't thinking when he was talking. And that's one of the biggest faux pas that you can do. He had to backpedal and say, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, something came up and um, I can't do it. The consequences are he's feeling highly uncomfortable and stressed. And the other person that was looking forward to going out gets this out of the whole experience. I'm sorry. Doesn't get to live in the moment of going out and having a good time. All he gets is the I'm sorry. This really works with partners too. And I want to address this because I feel that this could um, help relationships um, let's say that your partner and you have had time to um, plan a trip or a weekend or even a night out all of a sudden a day before it gets there your partner comes home and says you know what 
work schedule change, this, that, and the other thing, whatever the excuse was, I'm sorry, and six words, I'll make it up to you. If this happens repeatedly, and all you're getting is, I'm sorry, and I'll make it up to you, you don't remember any of the planning, you don't remember how many times it has happened. What you remember is, I'll make it up to you, and I'm sorry. The mindfulness was not there. The intent was not fully in, ingrained. And if you still have that partner after doing this, congratulations, because your partner is either very, very patient or passive. It's amazing how much we take for granted. There's a exercise that I like to um, have my students try, and it is holding the hand, just holding a hand of someone. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a, a someone you're same age, maybe it's a man that has a larger hand than you, or maybe it's somebody older that has the old worn hands of wisdom. Actually hold that hand and think about how it feels. Because when you do this, it's going to create a memory, of course, but it's also going to give you a comparison of your own hands. Now, on the same realm, what I'd like you to do is if you have a child or a family member that's a little, you know, maybe five or six or so, have them put their hands on you, over your eyes or just on you and leave them there for just a few minutes and you close your eyes and you feel those little tiny hands on your face. Your hands used to be that small. And if you weren't in the moment when you were that small, you don't remember, which most of us don't. But remember how those hands feel on your face because they're precious. Now, to get a little bit more physical, let's say, and I'm not talking about going to the gym and doing laps in the pool. Um, if you have a partner or a friend or family member, take their, take their face in your hands and look into their eyes, and I mean really look into their eyes. As the song says, like the first time, it feels like the first time. Just hold the face and look in the eyes. And if it's your partner, kiss that person because you really do love them. If it's a family member or a friend, 
give them a hug and then be in that moment and feel how that feels because it's highly important for these little things to happen. How long had it been since you actually looked that person in the eyes and seen them? It's probably been a while. If you do this regularly, it will enhance your relationship, I promise in many different areas because you're being mindful of yourself and of the other person. Mindlessness is a very tricky thing because the definition is harsh. It's stating or using or being without intelligence. So basically, if you're not in the moment and you're not there, it's going to be extremely difficult to move forward. One thing that seems juvenile, but I'm going to give you the hints that Abby didn't give me is if you're having problems being in the moment, go ahead and do this. I see a pin. The pin is blue and white and has other color of ink. Move forward with that and say, I am doing the dishes. I'm washing the plates. Each thing progresses into a memory and will help you with your mindfulness, okay? And like I said earlier, as soon as you get it the first time, it'll click and you will just take off with it and you will know exactly what it is. Um, as I said before, it is one of the, um, actually it's one of the hardest concepts in meditation that I teach. And I teach it in different levels of foundation. There's seven of them. There's centering and there's grounding, um, relaxation and breathing, um, posture, position, things like this. Um, and not to mention the different types itself of meditation. So this is what I'm working up to and I'd like um, you to be able to um, meditate like a pro um, until next time um, I have one thing that I'd like to say is live in the moment and love it and I'll talk to you soon thank you